Steve. Oh, my performance anxiety. Gregor. Oh, my God. And Greg. Welcome to Maximum Collective, episode 11. Titanium what? Featuring Gregor Canuder Valve McGrath. Welcome, welcome. Greg Big Raw Ringley. Hello. And me, Steve Gimpy O'Connor. Gimpy, it sounds like there's a story there. Uh, there's a small one as to why I'm not attending the Ranch Heli Beaters Fun Fly. I won't make it. I have a broken ankle. No, no. Apparently, I can't walk. There's a funny think, video that goes along with it, but uh, I'm not sharing it. <laughs> I think you sacrificed your ankle just not to come. No, I love that event. I love the trip. Uh, I know we've talked about doing trips before, but I, I am going to miss the fun fly, and I miss hanging out with everybody, but I'm the kind of weirdo that really enjoys the road trip. I love the travel. I love to go to all the little weird towns. I love to take my time. I love to stop and smell the roses pull a helicopter out and fly it and uh i won't be doing that anytime soon so but you are on the mend right i am i got my boot my big old rubber boot that's what's important thou shall heal yourself it's uh well i can't even say it this is a family friendly show we'll just leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) so what are we talking about tonight well, you know, something cool that is on the horizon coming out is Hobby Wings' new firmware upgrade with the V-Control. And I actually heard a rumor. I was talking to a friend, and they're like, oh, well, that's only for the new V-Control Evo. And that is not true. Uh, so if you've heard that rumor, you have been misinformed, as I only have a regular old V-Control Touch. Uh, I believe it's been tested on the regular V-Control with the little spinny wheel, the classic. You did. I yes. tested the classic, and it's it's it works. I'm not a fan of that wheel. I'm I'm not either. I would have to agree. <laughs> the wheel drives me crazy. I would not be using V control if I had to use that controller. <laughs> there, I said it. The wheel on the transmitter goes round and round, round and round. I still run multiple radios and Icon and everything else, so it doesn't really matter. Oh. Um. So yeah, the the new Hobbywing firmware. Now I've only recently got to mess with it, and I'm an IT guy, which means you have two different IT people, right? You have the IT people that update everything all the time to keep the latest and greatest of everything, and they're constantly bleeding edge. Then you got the people that have been doing it for a while and don't want to mess with it. So my V control hasn't been updated since the last time Hobbywing came out with firmware. <laughs> uh, firmware when they actually did their first set of integrations with the Hobbywing. I have not upgraded my V-Control since then. And I installed the software on the Hobbywing and then installed the update on the V-Control, I mean, all within 10 minutes. Um, It actually went pretty straightforward. And all the features that you're looking for, if you've ever had to drag your little uh, USB adapter or your, uh, I guess, plugs into the servo port. Your Bluetooth module. Yeah, I, I... 
Yeah, I, I don't know anybody that's ever given me one of those Bluetooth modulars. I need to pick one up. I, I don't own one. Um, I do it old school with the little box. And uh, yeah, if you ever had drag that, you don't have to do that anymore. That is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I you know it's funny because I like the little Bluetooth module, and uh, you know with the with the Hobby Wing app, it's really I'm like kind of a picture guy. I like being able to pull up the picture and push the button. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I really like that app. So it's it's you know, but now being able to just turn on your radio and make the adjustments every adjustment that you would find in the module or the box that's there you know and and, and it works and, and and like even with the hobby wing speed controls you know it's it's really neat they've figured out a good balance you know with the v control versus the hobby wing and the integration all of a sudden you know the milliamp counters are working on point you know the spool ups and the kick that we were used to seeing whether it was uh you know the uh v v control gov internal gov or you're using the external gov seems like everything's legit now you know everything's just working in unison so yeah i, I was even doing it. spool ups on concrete this weekend on both my 80 amp and my 420 and my 200 amp on my um 700 electric and on concrete it's a smooth spool up and you don't have that hold hobby wing weight yeah, it just ramps up quickly. So I, th yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting for those that are been waiting on that. Rather, <laughs> and, and to Steve's point, the setup is easy. From the helicopter, um, with your V control touch or your standard, your classic, you could go in and make everything you want. You can reverse motor direction. You can change the timing of the motor. You can change all the ESC gains and adjust those on the ESC of what it runs. You can. How many of us have walked out the door and for whatever reason have the motor plugged in backwards but have to pull something physically apart to swap a motor wire and now you can do that right from the controller that right there is yeah heck yeah heck yeah, yeah. but it's about time yeah that to me is awesome but that's that one time moment you want you get it running but the cool thing is is you don't have to, you don't have that long delay anymore when you say on and you stop and you look down and you uh, look at the helicopter. You wonder, is it starting soon? Did I mess something up? Is there something going wrong? And then all of a sudden it starts spooling up. You know, People said on a three and a half minute flight to spend the third 30, 30 seconds letting the motor turn on. You don't have that anymore. <laughs> awesome. Off and running. So it's pretty cool. You know? so everybody Did you guys all run out and buy the new V-Bar? Uh, what is it called? Evo. Evo. Did you guys all run out and buy one of those? So I've got uh, one on order. A fly barless, not the transmitter. So Nope, not me yet. I still still got my Neos. I'm not not in any hurry to dive in. I'm happy. <laughs> yes. So I'm sure I'm sure someday I'll I'll jump on that, but not for any reason other than you know, it's a it's a big jump when I've, you know, I've got stuff that works pretty well right now, you know, pretty happy with it. But oh, uh, I've yeah. got a Super G gasser I want to build, so I need another fly bar. So I just ordered another. I hear they have better isolation on this one. Like even for the gassers, they've improved that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm working on a fly bar right now, so uh, no worries on that one. You don't need an <laughs> Evo for your fly bar? I do not. Oh. I'm good. 
you could cool. simulate yourself some more paddle sim you know make it even more paddle simmy <laughs> i could i could it's yeah. amazing how you know you get in and you start customizing stuff so there's um, a lot of that going on lately though right i just saw a post up on heli uh not freak but heli uh the Facebook one. I always forget the name of it. Heli Hangout or Heli Hangout. Yeah, the one with Frank's face on it all the time. That oh one. yeah, yeah. Um, and the guy did kind of a one-off helicopter, and he did some customization on it. And it kind of brings up, you know, um, what what causes somebody to go and make a custom machine? Um, you know, where there there are holes out there in the industry? Is there is there missing missing items? Are you just a tinker or or is it? Um, what like, makes you do like that? the hobby, you know, like airplanes where you're constantly it is. designing. I, you know, it's funny. You, you just sparked a, something in my brain, you know, with helicopters. I've always noticed that you're, well, let me start with like airplanes. So, you know, you're always, you're building an airplane kit, right? And then you're, you're you've got balsa wood. So you're constantly customizing certain things, making things stronger, different wheels and tires and landing gear you know you're doing all that but with helicopters used to be where i mean you buy the kit and then you only have so much that you can really do with it but it seems like you know more more recently you know uh, you're seeing that well not really i mean people have always been pretty innovative with helicopters but it's gone to you know but it just wasn't as easy right you had to you had to have like a some sort of I mean, if you're cutting stuff out with a Dremel, that's one thing. But, I mean, you seem like you had to have some pretty neat equipment to be able to design anything custom for a helicopter. But it seems like every, people have taken it to a whole new level recently, you know? Well, I just saw a post the other day where guys took a RAW and mounted a Zycoid turbine in it. So now you have a, not a TRAW, turbine RAW. <laughs> you know? Um Gary Williams went and took a Zykoi turbine and put it in a Gowie NX7. Made a TX7. You know? It, it's pretty I think neat. the availability of all the machining stuff that's out there. You know, you can do, I don't know what they're called. I've seen them where they've got the, you can cut carbon and you can cut all kinds of different things and all these, uh, not a lathe. Help me out here. What am I looking at here? End mill? Well, some sort of yeah that you've got CNC routers. Some form of CNC that's available yeah. in today's market, and you can build one up from the ground up in order to, you know, build your custom heli. It's it's so much more accessible than it used to be. I think. Yeah, well, abs if absolutely. If you've got a CAD file, you can do a like I I had AutoCAD Lite, and um, when I was flying with Galley, we had our our NX4 which people would stretch out to a 500, and they called it the NX-5, right? A 500-class nitro. And you had the NX-7, which was a 700-class nitro. There was nothing in the middle. So we all got wild hair, decided one day, let's make a 600-size nitro. So we literally sat down, and I drew an AutoCAD frame sides, and I took parts from the NX-7 and the X NX-4, and I literally designed a 600-class Nitro, and we flew the living hell out of that thing. And we ran 600-size blades with a, a YS60SR, and it was its own one-of-a-kind 600-class Nitro. And we flew that and 
had a lot of fun at different fun flies and just played past the transmitter at night and handed it down to, down the flight line. Everybody flying it in the air, you know. So, yeah. so is that still in your arsenal, or did that is that in somebody else's arsenal, or so? A person bought it from me and wanted it because they love that helicopter so much. So I sold them the airframe. But if I ever wanted to build one again, I could. Just got to go find the galley parts if you can find those around. But I did that with the 800, my 800 version. I took a raw 700, built a custom tail boom, and now I fly big raw. And there's a handful of guys around the world flying big raws now because they built that tail boom. You know? so, That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, the the the, the ability to buy a small CNC machine, even a router. I mean, you can cut aluminum may take you a long time to cut a single part, but depending on what you're trying to make, I mean, it's just, Oh, it's so rewarding, you know, and the, the 3d printing availability for, you know, making parts that are usable and, or, um, making prototypes for things, fitment testing, you know, and it's just, it's really cool. And, and there's so many inexpensive CAD, programs you can use that can also you know yeah they they also inter have integrated like cam which is computer aided manufacturing that's that's where you create the program for the for the movements you know and uh so yeah so we have so many abilities but my question is you know why are people doing it right now is it because helicopters are lacking is it because people are just uh, coming up with cool ideas and want to see if they what they you know how they work like what is it you know i don't know i mean i've always asked myself why do you like what you like i mean why do you fly the helicopter you like so we all have our personal preferences um we come across an airframe a look a color a, a shape a feel that a person likes and i think what you get out of that moment is all right i like it this way but I don't have one of those. So they take what they've got and they tweak it to create one of those. For instance, everyone was flying the Raw 700, right? They like the way the thing flies. The guys that were flying the Raw 700 electric. Then all of a sudden, um, was it Dan Mermain and a handful Daniel of those guys? Mermaid. handful of those mm -hmm. guys got it and said, you know what? Let's put a micro motor in front of this thing. You know? So why would they do that? Well, if I'm flying a Raw 700 electric, and I want a nitro version of that machine, well, bolt the motor to the front of it, you know? And they went and they gathered up the different parts and pieces that are already being built for the other models, and they bolted to the front. Now they've got themselves an electric, a nitro version of the electric they love, you know? Yeah. I think that's what's neat about where this hobby's at and the technology is if you like a certain thing, and you want to make small adjustments to it, you have that ability, you know? You know, like I said, that's what Definitely. I do. I did that with the 800. I like the way it flies. I said, I think it'd be awesome to have an 800, but I didn't want to go out and buy a $1,400 or $1,800. So I built my safe yeah. a tail boom. <laughs> you know, I, I got to say, in reference to what Steve brought up, the model Steve brought up before we started uh, this afternoon is uh, the Quinn RC. I mean, man, what a what a beautiful machine, man. I mean, that thing. I got the opportunity to see Alex fly that in Turlock a handful of years ago, and uh, to to hear the story, the backstory on that guy, uh, you know, machining that from his bedroom on what I believe was a CNC router. I mean, the time that probably took just to design it, let alone manufacturing it. You know, and only doing like one or two of them, was it, Steve? Something like that that he did? I heard there's at least two. Gotcha. But I, gotcha. Don't, I don't know if there's more. He might 
Quinn himself might have two of them. Uh, and I think yeah. Alex has one of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe he'll bring it out to the ranch. That's yeah, a, it's a phenomenal helicopter to watch. Yeah. it's just a work of art. It really is. Yeah, and and to see, you know, it's one thing to build off of another kit, you know, and then another thing to just from the ground up. I mean, obviously, a, a little CNC router isn't gonna. I mean, sh- shoot, I've got two you know large cnc machines and to come up with a production for a helicopter is just not not feasible there's no way you know you're not gonna there's no way you're gonna keep up (laughs) you know so let alone a router i mean it just diving in like that and coming up with such a beautiful machine is just phenomenal i love seeing it that's cool well who was it that did the was it uh jeffrey chopsy heli on facebook didn't he do a 700 XL Power Spectre Nitro? Was it the Spectre? I don't know why. I thought it was the uh, 550, but may- no. who? No, that was Keith. Sorry, my apologies. Keith yeah, Williams did XL Power Yeah, that was Keith Williams. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah. it was Jeff. Yeah, he sent me some photos of that, and uh, I got to take a look at it. Man, so cool. So cool. But he's he's got a heavy manufacturing background, you know, so it's uh, it's always neat to see somebody that's that's got such a high level of you know of a background like that and to design something and you know like that i mean just anybody in general but yeah super cool all right so. and then you go all the way to the extreme where you got a guy who goes out and designs his own fly borrows nick maxwell <laughs> yeah but keith yeah. williams is talking about doing one as well he's talked about or flirting with the idea of doing a fly borrows from scratch i saw a comment where he talked about it yeah i think he was begging yeah. us to talk him out of it because he knows what type of undertaking it's going to be but <laughs> I think yeah. that's what's neat about this hobby is you could do, I mean, you could build your kit, go out on the weekends and fly it and uh-huh. have all the fun. And then you've got some people that the mods are as simple as I want a blue tail boom and you just buy a blue tail boom bolted on, or I want a, a different color canopy. So you got the whole color shifting you can do between different colors and different canopies and stuff. Or you go to like the, that sticker guy, Jason Blaylock, and people like him that can make you stickers to put on things. Or who was the gentleman that built the boom wrap that we saw last year? Um, just a beautiful boom wrap that he made for somebody. Remember that? Um, I do. And now you put me on the damn spot. Um, <laughs> he's up there by you. Uh, it's, is that He doesn't use boom wrap. Well, you're not talking about the ones that paint them. Well, but I'm thinking of Mike. Them. I'm thinking of Mike that does all the custom Mike paint Powell? jobs, like it. No. Yeah, like the Eddie Van Halens and stuff. Right. But so, then somebody else did a wrap, and I can't remember. I thought we saw a couple of them. Yeah. So you've got everything from simple modifications to just buying different color parts for your helicopter, to buying stickers that people could put on your helicopter or wraps to put on your helicopter, to combining parts from different machines to make a new machine. Like they did with the HD, where they bought parts off of the Goblin Nitro, was it? And the RAW, and then they built a custom frame side and both of those together. To the guy who, like Quinn, who builds one from scratch with toothpicks and files and creates his own brand new one-of-a-kind machine. Yeah. So cool. I You know, it, it reminds me, like I was saying in the beginning, it reminds me of what this hobby used to be, where you know, people were constantly innovating and building, right? Scratch building things, you know, and we're so fortunate to have 
all these models that are just at such a high level now. I mean, I don't care what what brand you. I mean, Align, Gow. You know, well, Gowie's not really as relevant, but any of the models that are of today, you know, it's just uh, SAB. I mean, any of them. I mean, they're just at such a high level now, and where you one could easily go. Eh, this is perfect. You know, I don't have to do anything. But then you've got Daniel Murnane over here going, no, no, you want my clutch liner in your helicopter, you know? And it's like, oh, hell yeah, you know? And then you've got like, man, this this raw 700 with 580 based rotor head, lightweight, super cool. But then you've got, you know, again, <laughs> Daniel Murnane coming out going, you know what? No, I want to make a nitro out of the raw 700 electric and make a true 700. Right. And, you know, and, and it's hilarious. Cause I'm like, yeah, I want that, you know, and I try it and, you know, and I mean, like I said, it just, it doesn't matter it, it, how, what a high level, you know, it doesn't matter how, how high level the model is, you know, uh, we're, you know, people are still innovating and making cool stuff. And, you know, John Serio and a Diablo turbine. I mean, come on, man, that's ridiculous. Right. You know, I, I think it's really cool to see um, that, no ma- you know, the, no matter the high level of, of kits, we're still people are still innovating and 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 uh, making a hobby out of it. You know, scratch building, uh, you know, it's just neat to me. I love well, it. In the old days, you probably had models that did have flying deficiencies that yes, had little absolutely. things that were not very good that people just live with because it was new and it was not so refined. So p- innovation at one point probably became a necessity. But yes. you get to the point now where innovation is not a necessity, but more of a luxury. I want to tweak this. I lo- I've got a great flying machine, but I want to make a slight variation on it. It's a chance to put your own flavor on the helicopter you're flying, I think. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. You were talking about deficiencies. Um, Garrett Uku told me one time that his flying style, which I highly admire, he's one of my favorite pilots. Um, his flying style came from flying for Century for so many years. And the Century models were available. The parts were available, but they just weren't so durable. And if you ever watched Garrett beat on a helicopter, he can do it. But like his whole flying style came from those deficiencies. So rather than customize the helicopter, he learned how to fly around it back in the uh, day. Right. That's um, awesome. And I guess, yeah, like up until you brought it up this evening, I never thought about it. Like I've I've got several Rush seven fifty evolutions, right? And they're they're defunct. They're out of out of business. But I have the speed controller literally crammed up in the middle in front of the motor, and it's a Hobby Wing one thirty on a seven hundred. And uh, I've got a battery on top where the speed controller went and the tray is set down and I've got another battery that comes up from the bottom and because I hated the saddle packs. The helicopter I love. I think it flies great. It's a phenomenal helicopter. I like the design. I just always hated the saddle packs. I just hate pulling them off. So, yeah, I guess, I guess yeah, that, that definitely comes around. Yeah, and, 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 and it wasn't because the helicopter wasn't designed correctly. It just wasn't. You changed it. Personal preference. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's that's cool. It's really cool. And I think that's what's neat about this hobby we're in is you can pretty much, you have the resources. If you don't personally have them, you got people around you that have the resources to do things. Like, I know a friend of mine who decides I can make a better tuned pipe. So all of a sudden, he's making better pipes. <clears throat> Push the green button. You got another guy who's makes a... <laughs> 
cases. Hey. Slap. <laughs> Slap. Slap. <laughs> you know, the guy says, like, Doug Darby, who goes, hey, all right, we got the new Evo coming out, so let's put together a, a metal case for that. So he's over there making metal cases for it. You know, I mean, you personally, you're making the V-Control touch stands, um, your throttle arms. Your th- I mean, to me, if, if you personally don't have the ability to make something or the tools or the wherewithal or the time... There are enough people out in this industry that are innovating these little things that is this uh, garage-based manufacturing going on, which to me is just phenomenal. I actually sold my 3D printer. Um, It's a a whole second hobby, right? Learning how to print, learning temperatures and and everything, speed, all the different – your deck, everything goes with the 3D printing. And honestly, I just call up KC3D printing and i was like hey can you make this for me you know how many stuff he's one off made me because we have those people in the hobby and they will customize it for you and honestly i'm not that great at it he does a far better job than i could so it's it's awesome to have those people in the hobby he's got such a cool brain too man the way his the way he designs things it's just yeah it's (laughs) it's yeah it's so cool so cool we need more people like that you know and uh to keep it going man it's just yeah i love it i i think that's a fun part for me you know is is being able to design things and and you know make it your own you know what i mean and you get a good base of something that you like and you know don't be afraid to tinker on it you know and do 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 stuff that that makes you tick you know and i think that's that's just it i get bored once i build a kit you know and uh it's funny because you know the a lot of the kits that we fly i don't care if it's sab xl power a lot most of these kits you get let's just face it everything's done so nice that you don't really got to mess with them you know what i mean so once you get it built and you're you're like yeah this is great and i'm building it and i mean of course there are some out there that that aren't into into building it uh I have a of a friend of mine not too far from me that's that's like he, he, his least favorite thing is building but but for for a lot of us you're putting this whole thing together and and then once you're done you're kind of like shoot now what yeah i'm Darn jones it, you right know? now yeah and you're like you want to you want to you want to start okay what can i do differently on this what can i add what can i you know so yeah let's do what yeah. you want with it make yeah, it cool I'm, I'm right now jonesing because i don't have anything on the table to build I'm waiting for the Super G gasser to come out. So it's like my my hands don't know what to do with themselves. It's like Ricky well, they Bobby could come in an up, interview. They I could come up here and push the green button. I could push the green button. I got <laughs> I got the button push. But that to me is I always love to have something I can put on the bench that I'm working on. So I find myself in this mode of what do I do next? So I, I'll look at my helicopter in the wall and I go, well, what can I take apart on you? And what am I going to do when I put it back together? What am I going to do different? You know, so it's like, uh, I need something to work on, something to wrench, you know. <laughs> but that's funny. That's funny. You go broke buying kits to build. So what's cool about this innovation is you come up a little part or a piece. You talk to a friend who's got a 3D printer, a CNC mill, have them make you a part, and that's the thing that I think keeps the build side of the uh, hobby going for me. The fun part, you know. Yeah. Man, Steve, I think it's cool you still got your uh, your Rush 750s or AKA Stevos. The Stevo. <laughs> yeah, the I Stevos. actually, uh, there How was a, a limited run of non-production that never came out. 
uh-huh. they have a battery tray that the battery actually slides in versus the other one. Um, they were trying to push that through. A couple of guys that were on the team were trying to push that through. I actually have two of those. That's cool. I, I think you, I have nine. I have nine evolution here at the house, you, which is funny. I never flew them when they were actually in production. Yep. Wow, that's cool. Do you do you have any of the Tim Jones? Uh, well, they were the Heli Freak. Uh, yep. Was it the? You I have do. Some I have one of the battery trays. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I remember when Tim Tim Jones was uh, making those. I remember when he shipped off a huge box of them over to the Heli Freak guys for those kits. And I, that was incredible because he that was still Tim was still early on in the well in the public eye anyway. He was still early on in his in his. Uh, machining days and and it was just to me it was so neat to see something to me at the time you know for my lack of knowledge see something so complex in terms of all the little tool paths and you know what might look like a simple tray or battery mount to one person to me it was just wow that is so bitching you know but it's definitely uh, a work of art yeah yeah for sure that's really cool for, yeah nine of them right, that's so cool what are you guys working on well, me, um, I'm kind of going bored right now. I just finished the orange and white raw 700E, and then I just finished the raw HD, which I got all the orange and white parts on. So I'm kind of uh, kind of jonesing here, trying to figure out what to do. I've got an airframe for my nitro raw. That was my uh, pre-production kit. I was, I was going through that and. Um, Thinking about putting a YS120 in it, so that that have been slowly tinkering on, but I'm kind of jonesing for another electric, which is weird coming out of me. So I, I think I want to get a 580. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not I have a usually, pair of them. They're yeah. a great helicopter. Yeah, I'm not usually into smaller helicopters, but I, you know, especially small, like like to me, a smaller helicopter. I used to fly 450s all the time. But I have now you're just, old. I know, <laughs> right? You can't see them. <laughs> but now I, I just, I just, uh, for me and the way my 420 flies, I want to fly somebody else's. But you know, I, I, I don't know if it's just the setup. I have never tried Theta servos. I don't know. But that helicopter to me, for being a small helicopter, I thought for sure I would get it and be like, eh, it's another small helicopter. But I, I, I don't want to talk smack, but like like that helicopter f- flew better than my Kraken hands down my 700 Kraken that little 4 420 you know um I love the way it flies I absolutely love the way it flies and uh yeah so I don't know it kind of piqued my interest I flew my buddy's 580 and um I really enjoyed it I flew my other buddy's Puma I really really enjoyed it but um but it was it was it was a little on the light side for me um i'm not as young as i once was and so i yeah i don't know go figure though for 420 i liked that probably over the puma um but i don't know like i said it's all preference but yeah i think i think that's the next little trip for me is the the 480 something to tinker on you know 580 580 excuse me 580 yeah (laughs) i've been putting off forever i have that outrage uh it's not velocity. a fusion velocity, velocity 50 and uh i actually put the motor and everything else out and started putting servos in it and i got all the time in the world while i'm stuck sitting down because i'm not supposed to be walking around so uh yeah 
I'm working on that. And uh, actually, I've got a logo extreme that is not mine. You can take a guess at who that is. Uh, that's all built. I need to get out there and test fly it. But again, I can't really get around to drop the helicopter off. I'm going to give another week or two and have my wife help me out to the field so I can get some test flights. And actually, it's been pretty mild spring out here in Missouri. So you guys are all Joneses for this. I haven't flown since the second week in February or second week in uh, January. It's probably wow. been a month for me. Ouch. Jeez. Yeah. I definitely That's pretty normal for me. <laughs> yeah. so this is your what? flying season, isn't it? Don't you guys got some phenomenal weather? Stuff turning green and us. Yep. It, yeah. It, it, we fly year round. No, but yeah. Phoenix, isn't, aren't you greening up around there and oh, yeah. like real nice temperatures, like perfect, perfect weather? We are sixties and seventies all day now. Jeez. It gets cold. It so gets it's into the, really, really cold for you, huh? Sixties and seventies. You know. That's crazy. It's it's funny because I was talking to a guy. He had bought a power tune kit from me recently, and uh, he had lost his manual. So I, I sent him an, another manual e file for it, and uh, I'm like, he's like, "Yeah, you can do any flying?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know." And uh, he he was telling me that he, what was it? Uh, I think a high of forty degrees or something like that. <laughs> like, what the hell geez. is that? Yeah, that's that's a high of forty degrees. So I'm a fair weathered flyer. So he goes, but I'm 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 itching to get out and try this new power tune kit, you know. And and uh, man, I'm you know our, I think we were in the '60s out here. It's been cold, and we're by a lake, so so it's it's uh, it brings the wind. I was at my house. I was so excited to finally get out and fly, and uh, I went out last weekend, and lo and behold, it was perfect at my house. I drive 10 minutes to the airfield and it was blowing like crazy. Well, I wasn't blowing like it was the, the fact of the matter. It was probably gusts of up to 12, 13 miles an hour, but it was inconsistent and it was in your face. So it was like six miles an hour and then boom, 13, 12. 10, See, what you you're know, saying is you should have brought the pink helicopter to the field is what it I sounds should, like. I should have brought the pink helicopter. You brought the pink though. It, so pink the, the, the wind chill off the lake. Plus oh yeah. The, plus, the, plus the, you know, it was just we were all sitting there just, yeah, freezing. I I flew anyway, but yeah. so out here in the Midwest, forty five degrees, sunny, that's uh shorts and flip flop weather. Jeez. So I'm right there with with them guys. Like yeah, forty degrees, man. Woohoo! Let's go fly. Yeah, man. Anything yeah. over forty and sunny, it's it and no wind. I mean, it's hot. That's a good time. Well, here in our field. <laughs> I'll get out there like seven thirty, eight o'clock. And where are you guys at? Well, it's too cold. I go, it's forty six. Well, we want to get out there when it's fifty because it's too cold. So I got, you know, it's like, oh my god, yeah. We get used to certain weather, and it's like, I don't know, below forty eight. I can't fly. It's too cold. <laughs> Is that when you're out there with your alone time, thinking of your next model? Uh, Did I see a uh, Gowie eight hundred existed at one point in time? Yeah, I took a seven hundred. My Galley X7 stretched it to me. That was my first stretch. Is that was, a is that a torque tube? I can't. That recall. was torque tube. And I tell you what, that thing would auto forever, because that torque tube just never slowed down. That was right. my first, the first one I stretched, and I used the Galley GX9 tail boom. So I ordered the there's 900 Gasser, which is more of a commercial mm -hmm. bird, and just cut it down and cut a torque tube down. And I said that was kind of why I when I started flying the SAV raw 700 I kept thinking I want an 800 and I go well hell how do I stretch that so I started doing some digging and that's how I came up with the big raw so 
Now I want a blue boom for the big raw. I want a blue boom kick. So let me ask you a question. How come you don't scotch bright it down and just paint it yourself? We were talking about customizing for the hobby. Uh, I painted a ton of blades. I used to actually, I had a ton of people always asking me to paint blades. And when you do tips and other things, you can really come off some very cool colors. So um, I thought about that. But one thing that I hated about airplanes, because I flew airplanes before helicopters. And airplanes, you've got the whole... We forgive uh, you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. But you build the airframe, you glue it all together, you epoxy it, and you get... So to me, I loved the build. But when I got the thing built and it was time to cover and put the finishing on, I hated that. I never could get... I never had the patience to fill in all the spackle and get everything smooth and sanded and smooth and sanded and then primed and sanded and primed and wet sanded and then dry sanded and then wet sanded and dry sanded and dry sanded. And 200, 400, 1800, 1600, all the grits. I never learned that. I never had the patience for it. And at one point, I would start getting an airplane built. I get halfway through that whole process of finishing and I get pissed off, grab a span of can of spray paint and say, well, I can't see it at 80 mile an hour, 50 feet away. And I just finish it out. So when I got into helicopters, I thought, oh, my God, if I wreck, I buy the parts, bolt it back here, brand new. And if I don't like that wadded up canopy, 80 bucks, brand new canopy, back on the bird, go. So the finishing became a non-issue for me. I, I eliminated the part of the hobby that I hated. So the part of me that's been thinking, well, Greg, just paint a bloom, a blue boom, that brings back that finishing nightmare. And I might have to just... Mask off a boom and start trying to paint and see if I can do it without it making it look like dog shit. I don't disagree with you. I have built six airplane kits and I have never ever flown one. Um, I have finished all the framing. I love I love all the balsa work. But then when oh, it came so time to put monocoat on, yeah, from the oh, monocoat, cool. I have several boats that are all custom one offs and everything else too. Um, and when I when I got to the point of monocoating, I just never did it. I never bought the iron. I never wanted to mess with it. I've got a Panther auto gyro kit, which actually comes from over the pond. It's from the UK side, and it's actually a gorgeous, gorgeous kit. And uh, it, it has the best of both worlds, right? Because I love the sound of an auto gyro and just the with the little blades, you know, me and my autos and everything else. And uh, I've had that kit for three years. It's still sitting in the box. Wow. Well, I put I, a blue uh, boom on my raw 420, and that's because I went and bought some vivid, vivid vinyl wrap from Amazon, uh -huh. and just wrapped the boom. So I've got a blue boom on my raw 420, and that's a wrap. And I thought, all right, I'd love. I got an extra boom from my raw 800. I thought, what if I just either wrapped it or, to your point, try and sand it and spray it with some Scotch Brite, some yeah. uh, you know, not SOS pad, but. Uh... The metal, uh, God, I'm totally missing the words tonight. Real life Scotch Bright. Okay. Well, steel wool. Right. It's Scotch Bright or steel wool. Just hit it with that. Hit it with some Rembrandt alcohol. Hit it with just a light coat of primer. And then hit it with a couple of light coats of your favorite color paint. And then call it, I mean, because you could put it on a, a, a string from the garage and hang it and paint it real easy. I might just try that. That might be a weekend project just to see if I could do a blue boom. Paint one. You are right, though. As helicopter people, we argue over prices a lot of the time. Oh, it's $80 for a new canopy. But honestly, like you, you actually just summed it up. 
man, for 80 bucks, I could just buy a new canopy. It'll look beautiful. <laughs> and I throw it on the thing and I go fly. And I was out there paint and sand and paint and sand. And then when I show up the field, everybody goes, oh, what happened to your canopy? <laughs> I just fly those canopies. I don't care. I haven't cared for years. I have a couple of one-offs. Well, we were talking about the classic pink Protos canopy. I have three of those. Yeah, I have my original one, and uh, it uh, I still fly it. Well, the other thing I always get give people give me a hard time about is all my helicopters look the same. You know, because I'm that guy that when I go buy a brand new pair of boots, I'll go back and buy the exact same pair of boots. Why? Well, I like that pair of boots. They're comfortable. I like how they look. I like how they feel. But you've got like. Every two years, you buy another pair of boots with the same pair of boots. Yes, it's because that's what I like them. When I go to Olive Garden, I used to always order Cannelloni Al Forno because I like it. And if I bought something else, I always went, well, I don't like that. And I have a meal I didn't like. So I've got a Blue Boom Yellow Canopy Raw 420. i got a Blue Boom Yellow Canopy Raw 700. I want one for my 800. I want one for my Nitro. It won't be long before everything's going to have a Blue Boom and a Yellow Canopy. So, it's good looking. It's slick looking. I don't know that I would see the difference between black and blue up in the sky. Oh boy, I can see the difference. That <laughs> blue boom with the white, and then Jason makes me some yellow insert stickers for the boom. Yeah, that's sexy. That's some Roxy. <laughs> sexy raw. Right. You know, you know it's funny because I don't normally like to get a, a kit where. It looks the same as everybody else's, but that orange and white, it's just, I, I, and I'm sure people are just going, oh my gosh, here we go with all the orange and white helicopters showing up everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, you know, I'm considering swapping my, my four, my 420 over, but probably not because, you know, I've kind of color matched all the zip ties and everything because I'm, <laughs> I'm a dork like that. You know, the wire coverings, all fluorescent yellow and everything, but yeah yeah there you go just like that steve the the, the orange and white buddy there. that's why i, it, just, I, I said like that it. from the get-go the kraken 700 and then the original kraken 700 the orange and white mm -hmm. yeah and uh that i'm holding right now in my hand is a uh buddy 380 and yeah. i love the orange and white I, I fly this as far away as i fly a 700 i love the orange and white yeah. i can't believe it took him this long to be like like greg said i like it okay well then just sell that color yeah yeah oh lord that's yeah what's cool about the hobby you can yep. pretty much get any color you want any shape you want any style you want and if you don't have something you like a buddy yours guaranteed somewhere can help you make it yep <laughs> oh yeah we've got painters and machinists and 3d printers and Man, electricians, Satinder, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got Steve's, the, the programming, the, man, you just you just got to ask and, and they're there for receive. You. Yeah, seriously. You know, the one person you didn't mention, we were talking about that before, uh, not that we need to mention everybody, but like the uh, Doug Darby and his gasser stuff and oh. his Neo cases. and. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, we do have a lot of neat people in this hobby. And I... I hear people, I don't know, I guess it frustrates me. I hear people all the time complain. Uh, Gregor, for example, you know, you got to sell those radio stands. And they're like, it's just a piece of aluminum. And if people could understand what goes into that, if you yeah. knew that I had to wait eight months 
or a year to get a gold radio stand for my Jetty radio. <laughs> and it still says V-Control on the damn thing. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And I think we should be more appreciative of those people. Yeah. Like, I think all those people, I don't question why they did. I, I enjoy hearing the story of what, where that idea sparked from. What made you want an 800? What made you want to do a 600? Why yeah. did you do this? And like, like the Quinn thing from what I heard, you know, with the battery placements, if you're familiar with the 6HV and the way those are set up and you take all those nice ideas and you make it, you make the ultimate thing. Like, I think this would be a great combination. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny because you brought that up, like, like for the, the radio stand, for instance, you know, when, when I decided to try to make one up, you know, it's funny because I, I was sitting in my living room with my laptop in my hand and I'm sitting here going, I want to make something cool that other people might really enjoy. And, uh, I gave Ron chorus jr. A call and I'm like, Hey dude, I'm going to send you over some ideas, you know, um, on, on a design, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started going back and forth. He's like the first, I think the first radio stand I sent him over, he's like, I could tell, you know, Ron's pretty honest guy. And I could tell that he was, uh, he was like, yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. And he was too short lipped about it. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, something's not right. And I'm like, okay, it's too gaudy. Right. Sure. Sure enough. You know, but, but you get, you, you get, you get going on these kind of things. It, it used to take me a lot longer to make them, but, uh, and I don't want to get too far into that, but before I got all this other equipment and everything, um, even though it's just a simple radio stand, I mean, there was a lot that went into the design. There is a lot that goes into even just deciding on, okay, what colors should we do? Should we not do why you shouldn't do more multiple colors, why you should do multiple color. You know, there's, there's just so many, so many silly things. And then, you know, and, and then the fixturing, right. And then the same thing goes into just designing a set of frames for, you know, mounting an engine on the front of a helicopter, right? Well, yeah, that is how thick that should is, the carbon be? Where the holes need to be? What you know, size how far can you space that? Do you have enough carbon in between? Do you need some kind of aluminum reinforcement? You know, do you need some kind of cross bracing? How heavy They're, is it going to be if we right, have too much? You right. know, the power tune kit was ridiculous. You know what I mean? Because when I got approached about that, it's just two. It's just two aluminum pieces, right? And, and when I got approached about it, I'm like, well, what are you guys going to do for gaskets? Oh, no, we'll just tell people to use RTV. Well, you know, RTV, it says right on the instructions that it's not, you know, you're not supposed to use it with fuels, especially nitro fuel. Oh, really? You know, and we started going back and forth. What about a manual? What are the tuning settings? Oh, my gosh. Just something as easy and simple as you know, even the clutch that Daniel Murnane's putting in there, you've got to get the tolerances right in there, you know? And then if you're running on a manual lathe, you know, it's it, man, it's just, there's, there's so much work that goes into that stuff. It becomes so, its own separate hobby. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Even 3d printing something, you know, Keith might be able to whip out this stuff real quick and design it. But I mean, I can assure you, you know, I designed the silly little mount for, uh, on my CNC machine where I hold, uh, two different um, tools that uh, wrenches that go to different vices that I have that holds my air chuck, um, you know, and my, my dead blow hammer. And, um, you know, I sat there for several hours uh, designing one that I decided to scrap. And then I designed another one, you know, 
stuff as silly as that you know it's just a simple little hanger it doesn't matter there's a lot of hours that goes into these things you know it doesn't matter what it is so what i just heard is be nice to the people designing the stuff for you because you never have any clue because that's their heart and soul right yeah yeah and uh I mean, that critical feedback you got was good, though, right? Because it's a pretty oh, kick-ass product. Absolutely. I it's never better for it, right? You hated years. that initially, but oh, oh, it was better tough. for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ron, Ron was, you know, he got pretty pretty involved with that with me. And, and, I, and I never in a million years did I think that these radio stands would be as popular as they are. The V-Control has been stagnant. The V-Control has been stagnant for you know, in terms of, you know, sales, right, has been stagnant for quite some time. And I'm still receiving super large orders for them. And God bless the the people that are that still believe in me and, and that are keep that going. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. Never would have dreamed it. I put the request <laughs> yeah. in for the J stand. So but I haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. You'd have the two tabs up on top, you could attach right there, it could be a nice little J. You can even use it as somebody being a J and be like, hey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know. That's, awesome. Oh, That's awesome. You can make one an F. <laughs> I'd buy that. I'd buy that for F, a Can J. I get an F you stand? You can have one as an S. I can see you can have one for every brand of transmitter out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you could. Seriously. You, could. Seriously. you certainly could. Yeah. Well, it sounds yep. like we're getting uh, way off of base. Like we might have flown completely outside of the field. I think so, we uh, did. Probably. I did. think on that note, we should uh, auto on out of here. Wrap this up. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, I believe we're going to have another one to release here in February. We're going to have a twofer, so you guys can have something to listen to while you head out to the ranch to the fun fly out there in Livermore, California. Yeah, I don't think that one's as serious as this one was. I don't think it's as serious as this one was, but <laughs> seriously, was check out the one after this one. Seriously. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs> Have you going? <laughs>